with the millions of amazing customers there is in the world, yep, you're always going to get some bad eggs. And sometimes you might structure the quote to sort of say, if you don't really want to get the job, you're sort of trying to outprice yourself or just basically structure the quote to hopefully say, yeah, I'm not going to get this job. And other times you'll only find out that they're a bad egg at the last minute. And the last minute conveniently is when the invoice is presented. For some reason, that customer does not want to pay that invoice. And some reasons that customers come up with to the reasons why they don't want to pay the invoice is completely ridiculous. Such reasons like, I didn't expect there to be as much mess. There's dust everywhere. Well, you did ask for all the cables to be chased into the wall. And I can't see another way of doing it unless I can magically remove that chase for me to install my cable in. It's tough. Or another reason where a customer says, well, I didn't think the extras would really cost that much. Well, the quote did state that you wanted two sockets in that room. And then when you came along and said, no, no, I want to add another eight more. You didn't expect the quote to go up. And these are the scenarios that put you in a bit of a sticky situation sometimes. In this podcast, I'm going to tell you a few stories of some scenarios where it's happened to me. And hopefully the lessons that I learned from it, I'll be able to also tell you for you to learn from them too. Toolbox Talks for Electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time and earn more money. Good morning and welcome back. I'm your host of Toolbox Talks for Electricians, Ben Poulter. And as much as you don't want this to happen, you hope it never happens. Inevitably, one day it will. And the sad truth is, sometimes you won't even see it coming. So in this podcast, I'm going to tell you a few stories of times of the customers that maybe I've dealt with. And then at the end of it, I'll give you a solution of what I might have changed for that scenario not to happen. And this first story is about a customer that I did some work for from for a long time, really. And when we first met, I did his extension on his house and we got on really well. So I didn't really see this coming at all. He was sort of similar to a lot of other customers. They say, give me your best price, Ben, because I've got so many properties. I've got businesses and they all need an electrician, which sometimes you take as a pinch of salt thinking, yeah, OK, that's great. But you want a good electrician or a cheap electrician. And the thing is, I've been doing work for this guy for around a couple of years. And every time that invoice has been paid promptly and in full. Then it came to this one day where I was asked to pop into the shop because I had an appliance that weren't working and they needed to use that appliance. So they asked me to pop in to check it out to see if I could get it working. And unfortunately, that appliance, it was, it was sort of 10 years old. It's seen better days. I could have ordered the parts for it and repaired that appliance, but it would have been cheaper just to go and buy a new one. But it's when you suggest buying a new one and they sort of know how much a new appliance costs. Yeah, I knew they didn't like it then. But I did. I responded to their call. I went out my way and I turned up to test that appliance to let them know that, yeah, it's probably seen better days and you might be better off getting a new one rather than paying somebody to repair it. So obviously, as a business myself, I needed to charge that fee. I needed to charge the time I went out to let them know that it was irreparable or basically a write-off. And I know that they got that invoice because I spoke to his wife a few weeks later and she said, yeah, yeah, we've got your invoice, Ben. But I didn't really understand why it hadn't been paid. 
I popped into the shop just to be nice, to say hello, and then to mention, did you get the invoice? It hasn't been sort of settled yet, but obviously they were too busy. The shop was a busy shop, so they said, yeah, no worries, Ben, we'll sort it out, and yet they still didn't. So with this situation, I thought, right, I'm just going to put it down to experience. It is only a small call-out charge for an invoice, and I'll sort of leave it because no doubt he'll call me up with some more work. But he never called up. He didn't call me, I think, because he didn't want to pay that last invoice. So I never heard from him for about a year. And this was until about a year later. And we turned up to, we've got a mutual friend. We turned up to a party. And the guy was there. And he said, all right, Ben, how you doing? Well, by the time he caught up with me and said that, I'd had a few beers. And I have got a bit of a big mouth. And conveniently for me, he paid there and then in cash. But I still don't do any more work for him but at least I'm not out of pocket anymore. Should have charged interest on that year, to be honest. So the lesson that I took away from doing that job is whenever that happens again, now that scenario happens where I got called up, I get asked just to check an appliance to maybe check something that could possibly fail and you're going to have to spend more money anyway, is to let the customer know. When they call you up and they say, right, can you check this? Yes, not a problem to check that. It's going to be a £55 called out charge. And after that, if I'm there an extra hour, it's going to be another £35. Is that okay? And if they say yes, get it in writing, stick it to an email and just get them to confirm it. I used to, when I first started out, send a confirmation to get them to sign it, to say, right, this is the work that's going to go ahead, to sign the quote, basically. But that was when we did snail mail. So we don't do that anymore. So an email confirming that they want the, the work to go ahead, that's sufficient enough for me these days. And in this way, if the job does total up where it comes to a bit of an argument at the end, You've got a bit of evidence on email to say, yes, they agreed for the work to be done. Now, builders, they can be a great contact to have within your network sort of thing. They're always building extensions. They're always doing work and they always need an electrician. So having a good contact as a builder, a good contact with a builder, maybe, is a good asset for your business. Because they'll always be sending you bits and bobs and, and work your way. You think they're always working in people's houses. And if someone asks them, do you know a good electrician? And if you do a lot of work for them, they're always going to recommend you. But again, there's some bad eggs. We call them cowboy builders. I got a call from a builder one day. I'm, I'm unsure where he got my number from, but obviously he got my number, gave me a call, said, are you an electrician? Yes. Can you give me a quote? Not a problem. And these builders, they were building a house on just one plot of land, just one house. And for an electrician, you sort of, that's like a dream job. You can start from scratch. Everything you do is sort of brand new. So you can do it nice, neat, and tidy. So it's where you can present basically your best work as in, on a new build, especially just one new build. You've not got like rush, 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 where you've got 10 to do and you're pushed to do them all. If you've got one like house that you've got to wire, it's sort of a bit more laid back. So I like doing them. I like doing new build houses. It's easy. So I turned up on site. Obviously, the footings were going in. The house was halfway up, and that's where he was looking for a builder. So I said, give me your drawings. You must have drawings to say where you want maybe sockets and lighting and how you want it to work out. What's the layout going to be like? But he did. He was all prepared. He had the drawings. So he emailed me the drawings for me to be able to give him a quote from the drawing. And then he phoned me up, said, fantastic, that quote is great. We'd like to go ahead. Well, I said, just send me a quick email to say, look, you'd like to confirm with that price that I've gave you, and then we can book in a day for me to make a start. So the house was up, the roof was going on. So that was sort of the perfect time for me to jump in and start my first fix. 
boom, bang that out within a week. It was lovely and easy. I think there was just me and the plumber in there and I was cracking on. We were, we were talking with each other where our pipes and cables were going to go to make sure that that job went perfectly. And in my head, as I remember it to this day, that was a lovely, neat job. All the cables were clipped beautifully, even run a couple of coaxels to every room. So I was well happy with what I did there. I did work hard, mind you, and I suppose hard, hard working electricians are a, a bit hard to find these days. As stated in the quote, I would have to bill him 50% after first fix. And this would cover basically the cable and some of the wages for the first fix. Not all of it, mind you. So that was a good start. If I could just bill him 50%, he agreed the quote. So I'm assuming that he agreed the terms and conditions of payment as well. Well, he sent me an email confirming it. So he did. And just be polite because I know people are busy. I gave it a week or two just to let him get back to me or to pay the invoice. And to be polite after the week, I'd maybe give them a call to say, did you get the email? Did you get the invoice? Because sometimes things get lost. Maybe they might have not spotted the invoice. They might not have got it. So anything could have happened. But he did answer his phone. So I thought I'd give it another week. And I got on well with this builder and the gang of lads that are on site. So at the end of that week, I thought, well, I'll pop in on site and uh, see how it's going on. And I noticed that the project hadn't stopped. It was still going on. The walls were going up. The walls were getting boarded even. But the main man that pays the invoice, he, he weren't there that day. That was convenient. And the gang of lads that are always on site, the builders that are outside doing the outside walls and things like that, they were a bit more cold towards me. So... I didn't know whether they knew what was going on or what, because we had a great laugh when we were on site for that first week. But I tried to give him another call while I was on site to say, look, I'm on site. Can we meet up, have a little chat? There was no answer. I sort of got the gist. He didn't want to pay. So I was a bit of a lost end. I didn't, weren't sure what to do. So I gave it another week where I give him a couple of emails, a reminder invoice maybe, and then tried to give him a phone call with a couple of texts. But yeah, there was no luck. I was just ignored completely. So this is where I had to come up with a bit of a plan. It was complete bollocks, I'll give you that, but it might have just worked. I had to give it a try because I know if I had to go through court and the small claims court that cost you £80 to start the claim and you've got to give them all this evidence, it was just a bit of a nightmare. You might get awarded, yep, okay, you can award to pay Ben £1 a week, something like that in court. I didn't want that to happen. So I wanted to try and get it done and dusted. It was only sort of four or five grand to start with. So can we just get it settled? It would have been easier. So every time I called this builder, I went to his voicemail. And I'd left him a couple of voicemails before. And I'm not sure whether he heard them because I haven't heard nothing from him. But this time, I left him a bit of a detailed voicemail. I said, all right, mate, just to let you know, I'm trying to recoup some of the costs that I've lost out on that job of the house that you're building. So I've sold all the copper cable to some travellers. They're going to pop round and rip it out just to let you know. You might want to stop boarding the walls because they, they won't be careful. They're on a time limit. They're trying to make as much money as they can as well. So they want to rip the cables out, mate. And then I've sold it to them so they can basically get a bit of the money back for the money that you've basically not paid. I did explain to him saying, as the cable isn't paid for, I'm assuming you don't want it. So just let me know if there's a problem. Well, on that same day, that invoice was paid. And I was well happy. I assumed he'd give me a call to explain something like he'd been in hospital or anything like that. But no, I just got a text in the evening saying, did, they tell, did you tell the travellers not to come round? Well, yeah, that was pretty easy because I didn't ask them to anyway. And I never did second fix that house. 
I never heard from the builder again, to be honest. And being in the trade, I have, I've met a lot of other builders and tradesmen and I've spoke his name and he's renowned for doing it. He's done it a few times. He does it to every trade. He must just get someone to come and first fix. Don't pay him. And so, oh, I don't make up a story saying that the electrician went off on holiday and never came back. I don't know what he says, but basically he doesn't pay his tradesmen. So the lesson I learned from that, if someone knew out the blue, maybe a builder or another tradesman calls you up to say, look, can you do a job for me? Maybe get their company details, get their name, ask around for a few friends, ask around in a few wholesalers to say, look, do you know this company? Have they got a good reputation? Because he sort of dangled the carrot for a new build. And I got excited. I thought, yes, I love to do a new build. It's fantastically, it's nice and easy. And I jumped straight on it. I didn't think about getting paid. I assumed it would be a normal job, but it wasn't. So maybe ask around a little bit about this company because then it'll be, you know where it's going to be worth your while. There's a few people that I've done work for that I will do work for again, but if they want me to do any work for them, they're going to have to give me £500 to turn up beforehand. I want £500 in my account. These people have bumped me far too many times. So I'm going to say, look, you can have a credit account with me now because you're not a very good payer. So if you don't want to pay, don't want to pay that credit account, then you get somebody else. Because if I thought about it logically, this guy's a builder. He must know loan to trades. If he's been in the building trade for so long and he's got a plot of land in his building house, he must know plumbers, electricians and all sorts. So really, if I thought about it, it would have been a bit of a red, red flag. But obviously, I still thought, yes, a nice new build. I'll get into that and that'll be a lovely job. And the funny thing is that the travellers, they do have a reputation being non-payers. But I've done a lot of work for travellers over the years and I've never had a problem with travellers paying me a penny. And it's always cash. So this next story, it's funny, but I reckon it might have been illegal what happened there. There was a pub renovation. Basically, this landlord, he was doing the bare minimum just to get it up and running so we could open it up. But still, it was a bit of a wreck. It sat there empty for a little while. So it's quite a big job for a, a one-man band in a way. Like a, a lot of tradesmen, there was plumbing in there, carpentry, painting, decorating. So any sort of tradesman would have thought, yeah, it's a decent job because it's a decent-sized pub. And again, with this job, I did it in stage payments because I initially went in there, see what he wanted doing, see where he's going to put his lights in his socket, his bar and his karaoke, not karaoke, DJ box and stuff. So we knew where we wanted sockets and what power wanted in there. So I'll give him a quote. And then in that quote, once again, was stated, we're going to do this in stage payments. Once this area is done, you're going to pay me. Once this area is done, you're going to pay me, which he agreed with once again. And it was around a five grand job, but it just come to that last invoice. The last invoice was £190. So I suppose compared to the rest of the job, paying out you know, five grand, £190 is not a lot. I could have just walked away and said, oh, well, I lost out on that. But it's the principle. It's the principle of the matter of someone that you've been great to when they call you up, when someone's doing something, Ben, this needs doing quick. You jump down there, you get it done. The thing that can treat you like a dog and not pay you, I don't like that idea. I like to be treated like I'd like to treat people in a way. So I think just ignoring me for any amount of money, it's rude. So like a dog with a bone, I didn't let it go. I wanted to make sure I got paid that £190. If I could just have a conversation with him, if I could meet him and say, look, I'll have a conversation. I'll tell you to your face. This is rude. Like, how can we work this out? You owe me 190 quid. 
But I did, however, leave it for a little while because I understand how these pubs go. They're quite thick and fast. I need to get them opened as quick as I can. So I assumed it was busy with all the other trades. So I left it a little while, well, basically until the pub opened. And the pub, it did open. It had a coffee shop in the day and it was sort of a bar at night. And it was quite successful because I've walked past there a few times and it was pretty busy. I think I went in and out there a couple of times and had a drink. You know, when you sit there and you say to your girlfriend, I did that socket. I did that light. It was one of them pubs. But when it wasn't so busy in the day, I thought I'd call around there to see if the landlord is there. So I could say, excuse me, we've got this invoice still outstanding. Can we do anything about it? But again, he wasn't there. He just had a young barmaid in there just to do the work for the coffees in the day, maybe. But he wasn't there. So I thought I'd give him a call to let him know I'm at the actual pub. Can you pop down and have a word? Yeah, there was no answer on that call either. And when this happens, people ignore you. They ignore your emails. Or sometimes when it's a lot of money, it winds you up a lot more. But st- still, I think it winds me up the same when it is just a small amount of money. 190 quid 190 quid. It could be 1,900 quid for all I care. It annoys me when you assumed they were lovely and great to you, had a great relationship and you were talking and you just got on well. All of a sudden, when they when they owe you money, they're gone. That's it. Don't want to know. It's, it's, it's not a nice way to deal with people. So I thought, right, action needs to be taken. And in that pub, we did supply some fancy lights for when the discos went on in the evening. There's some fancy LED lights, all singing, all dancing, things that I got from the wholesalers for a good price. And I thought if I rip five of them down easily and take them back, that's going to cover my 190 quid. So as they basically weren't paid for, I took five of them lights down. Just let the um, barmaid know that I've been asked to do some work. Do you mind if I crack on? She said, no, no worries. Poor girl was none the wiser. So I took them down and said, right, I've got to put them in the van and take them back to the wholesale. Said, no worries. So I went to put them in the van. And as I was walking out, there was a chippy walked in. Basically in the same scenario as me. I'm not sure how much that landlord owed him. But he said he weren't there. And then I had a conversation with him saying, yeah, he owes me money as well. Like He hasn't really paid, so I'm taking the lights. I don't know whether I gave him the idea or he just got angry. It was a big lad. He picked the till up and walked out. He unplugged it all, mind you, so he didn't get a shock, I suppose. But he picked the till up and walked straight out of that pub. I was laughing my head off. So if you think me taking the lights down to the disco floor was a bit out of order, at least they didn't take the till. At the end of the day, all tradesmen, they do it to, for a living. That's what we do for a living. We do the work for a living. We do painting. We do electrics. We do plumbing. We do building. It's what we do for a living. It's not just for fun. We need the money to support our families. So when somebody decides, yeah, I ain't going to pay you, it does. It winds us up a bit. I have seen builders, they rip the whole wall down. Landscapers, they rip the turf up and everything they've done in people's gardens from non-payers. And even a boiler, he ripped it off the wall and just let the water flow. It was flooding the house. I think I jumped in to knock the water off. But this is what people do. If you don't pay someone, it makes people angry. I'd recommend if you're a customer thinking, right, I'm going to get this tradesman in and then just not pay him. Probably not a good idea, depending on how, how the tradesman is. But I can guarantee you, you'll regret it in the long run. But it never is all doom and gloom. There has been some fantastic customers that I've had in my time as an electrician. I had one customer, let me take his Porsche for a spin. I've been invited to some customers' family parties. I've even got a customer at the moment She's knitting me a wool jumper by hand. How good's that? And these are the type of customers 
that make it worth your while. Make it worth your while wanting to build your business, to meet new customers all the time. So if you're building a business, keep growing your business and use these email nails. The same thing what I use over the years to grow my customer base. So I'll leave a link in the show notes below of 10 email nails which I've used over the years to help me grow my customer base and also grow my business. So until next time, I'll see you again. So if this is not the first time that you've tuned in to Toolbox Talks for Electricians, make sure to leave a like, subscribe, pop a comment down below. It'll help reach more electricians to help them reduce stress, gain back time and earn more money. See you soon.